Welcome back to the Indiana Basketball Source Podcast. I'm Trevor Andershock. I'll be joined by Jeff Shanley again. We're going to go ahead and review our sectional picks and then jump right into our regional preview and predictions. At the end of the show, we also made some overall observations from the sectional round. Um, This is another fun one that details a lot of Indiana high school basketball teams. All right, Shark, you ready to get this thing started? Let's hit it. All right, I guess we'll review our sectional predictions that mostly went wrong, but by some miracle, you beat me this year, Shark. Yeah, you like apples? How about them apples? Uh, That was a a solid 40-39 to victory for you, Shark. Doesn't matter when you win by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. (laughs) I would say overall, it was a mediocre effort by us, I think. You should at least shoot for 45 victories in these uh, sectional predictions, Shark. So. Taking the first game of the series from you. Yeah, we got a few more left here, Shark. <laughs> a few more left. I'm ready to get back on the winning track. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. All right. You want to uh, jump into our regional predictions there, Shark? Sure. Let's go ahead and start uh, as we did with the sectionals. We'll go down to Class A. Starting off up north, uh, taking place at Culver. The first game will be Gary 21st Century against Elkhart Christian. The second game, Covenant Christian against Fort Wayne Blackhawk. These four teams uh, all have great records. Blackhawk won their sectional very easily. I think Gary 21st had a little bit of a a battle the other night against Westville before pulling away. Um, Elkhart well, Christian. They won by 44, so when was that battle, Shark? Start over again. <laughs> no, we're keeping that. playing this dog toy. You got to do it. <laughs> I, can, I, I can edit all that out. <laughs> they had a... No, they, they won. Gary, 21st century, who uh, breezed through their sectional field. Uh, they will take on Elkhart Christian in the first game. At Culver, the second game, Covenant Christian against Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. Uh, Blackhawk, another one that kind of breezed through their sectional field here. A lot of good records here. You have Covenant Christian and Blackhawk, twenty-three and two and twenty-four and two respectively, and then Gary, twenty-first century at twenty and six. Elkhart Christian uh, at nineteen and six. Uh, they had a, a tough win over Oregon Davis in their sectional championship game by three. Um, kind of getting back on the track after a three-game losing streak in the early parts of February. There's a lot of firepower in this regional, Trevor. Yeah, there is, and I really like the top two teams with Blackhawk and Gary 21st Century. Um, Obviously not a seeded field, but this works out well that they will meet up in the, or potentially will meet up in the championship game of this one. Um, That would kind of be Contrasting styles to a little bit where Gary will need to really pressure the Blackhawk guards in order to offset the size of Blackhawk Christian. Um, Really hope they do match up, though. That could be a good challenge for both teams. Yeah, and you talk about pressuring um, the guards. I think Blackhawk Christian has one of the more underrated point guards in the state and Jalen Maul, the future St. Francis Cougar. Uh, he's able to really, if you let him control the tempo and control the action, he's a guy who can beat you not only scoring, uh, but setting up teammates. And you talk about that size with Blackhawk, 6'8", Caleb First, 6'8", Drake Thompson, 6'9", Jake Hofer. Jared. Jared Hofer. I think Blackhawk's even better when they go with just one of those two to, on the floor. You know, one of those three, I mean. 
you know, first yeah. a freshman. A lot is, of times they will just go with first and uh, yeah. leave the other two on the bench, go a little bit more athletic. Yeah. yeah, first having a great freshman season for Blackhawk. DeAndre Golston, Gary, 21st century is kind of, kind of an X factor here. Is he going to be able to get uh, some of those forwards in foul trouble with his slashing abilities? Um, and, how's, and, how, how good is he going to be able to finish against that size, which he really hasn't seen? All year. Yeah. And he'll definitely be the key for 21st if they're going to have a chance to win this regional. Um, all that being said, I think you got to go with Blackhawk Christian. Just too much talent, like you were saying, with Maul, uh, Frankie Davidson first. Um, I think it's just too much to handle for any of the teams in this field. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take Blackhawk Christian as well. I think... And we talk about this a lot, particularly at the 1A and 2A level, but you look at Blackhawks' record, they're 24-2, and and they basically, their only two losses were to Fort Wayne Northside, who won a 4A sectional, and an overtime against Bishop Dwenger, also a 4A school. They play a ton of uh, 3A and 4A competition and have been successful against some really good teams, beating teams like Homestead, Brownstown Central, Bar Reeve. New Haven. So they're definitely battle test. I think I'm going to go with Blackhawk Christian as well. All right. Both on the same page there, Shark. Let's go to uh, the Frankfurt Regional. I think this is one of your favorites of the uh, the regional weekend. Well, this one, uh, I don't know what else you could really say other than that it's a few surprise sectional winners in here and then one of our heavy hitters in 1A, Southwood. You have them taking on North Vermilion. Uh, who sits at 15 and 13 on the year there in the first game, and then a couple under 500 teams, kind of surprise sectional winners: Seton Catholic at 8 and 18, and Southern Wells at 11 and 14 face off in the second game. I think, all being said, though, Southwood's got a pretty easy run here at Frankfurt uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I went up and saw them Friday night against Lafayette Central Catholic, and man, they're tough. Just guards, they can shoot it, decent size versatility at all five positions. They didn't call any fouls in that Lafayette Central Catholic game either way, and Southwood just took it, played through the contact, and kind of fed off it almost. They, they liked that rough style, and obviously they played well enough to beat LCC on their home court and in the uh, long sectional winning streak there, Shark. Yeah, I know you were really impressed with their senior guard duo, Carson Blair and Peyton Trexler, um, two really physical um, tough guards that aren't afraid to, like you say, um, mix it up and uh, have a scrappy game thrown at them. Yeah, Trexler I was shooting the passing lanes all game, and both of those guys are just really tough, really athletic, and then on top of it, really good shooters and ball handlers as well. So, yeah, I don't think there's a better uh, duo just top to bottom in 1A for uh, Southwood. So I take it we're both going to take Southwood to come out of Frankfurt. Yeah, I think we have to there, Shark. Uh, neither of us picked the other three to win their sectional, so I think we got to go with uh, Southwood. <laughs> we'll go ahead and take Southwood and head on to the Southern Indiana 1A Regionals. At Martinsville, you have Indianapolis Tinley taking on Bloomfield in the first game. Then the second game, Morristown uh, and University. Uh, this Tinley game versus Bloomfield, you have to think that uh, Coach Hudson and the Bloomfield Cardinals are going to try and slow it down, uh, limit the possessions in the game, and try and keep the ball out of Eric Hunter's hands at all costs. Uh, yeah, I think that's what they did a couple of years ago when the Bloomfield made it to state. They had a real 
low-scoring game against Tinley at Martinsville. So we'll see if they're able to do that again. But overall, this uh, regional is really loaded for the 1A level. Obviously, all four teams could really have a good chance of winning a, a state title if they weren't uh, all bunched up here, Shark. Yeah, and then the second game, I think it's going to be a very intriguing matchup. Morristown University, you have Hayden Lang Cable, uh, the high-scoring guard headed to Marion for Morristown. Uh, Logan Laster and Eli Strieville also in the backcourt for Morristown. Then a university team that's kind of grown up together. A lot of seniors that have been playing for the last three, four years for university. Um, and it shows they're at 21-2, and two, Morristown at 24-2. and two. That could be a, a heck of a matchup right there. Yeah, and university has enough size. I think they could pack it in a little bit and make Morristown beat them from the outside if Lane Cable is going to be hot from the outside, then maybe they win it. But um, really like how university plays. They know how to play the game, and they know how the, each role that they have to play. So, yeah, that's going to be a pretty good one there, Shark. Okay, I think I think Tinley gets the first matchup. I know in the sectional preview I picked university to make a deep run, so I'm going to take them against Morristown. And I think university in a rematch of a close regular season game uh, nips Tinley again in the regional championship. Oh wow, going a little upset upset flavor right there, Shark. I mean, you it's really with the talent in this field, you don't necessarily call it an upset. It might be a more unconventional pick, but I'm gonna go with uh the Blazers here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh go ahead and go with Tinley myself there, Shark. I think uh Eric Hunter <coughs> and company get it done and uh, squeak by in a close one. Probably uh, two close games, really. I think they're going to have a close one against Bloomfield. And then yeah. either way, Morristown or University. I think all uh, all three games in that regional are going to be uh, close ones. But I'm taking Tenley. Okay. We'll move down to the Ligoti sectional. Edinburgh at 17-8 and eight, takes on Christian Academy of Indiana at 17-9 and nine in the first game. Then Springs Valley at noon, 19-6, and six, will play Bar Reeve at 22-4. and four. Uh, we're used to seeing Bar Reeve uh, in these positions. It wasn't without a little fright, though, for the Vikings. They got past Ligoti by one point in the sectional title game. I picked Ligoti. That would have been a big one to swing my favor there, Shark. Yep, yep. I have Bar Reeve, so you can almost say that one decided the first round for me. Yeah. Pivotal victory. Very big, very big. You know, you look at, at Bar Reeve, we'll talk about them for a minute. Brian Hughes, obviously a, a veteran of deep March postseason runs. Uh, Keegan O'Neill, the 6'7 forward, has really been playing well for the Vikings. Yeah, I saw he had a double-double in the uh, sectional final victory there the other night, Shark. And uh, Yeah, he's going to be a load to handle inside. I don't know if any of the other three teams have anybody of size to uh, keep him off the boards and out of the paint. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely grown up. And obviously the the tradition that Bar Reeve has, those kids expect to win. It's you know, this isn't new territory for them, whereas um the others it can kind of be that way. But I think I I think Christian Academy nips Edinburgh in the first one and Bar Reeve gets by Springs Valley. And I know we've been talking about Bar Reeve a lot, but I think they come out of this regional. All right, Shark. I think I'm gonna go with uh Christian Academy to uh squeak by. I think they've had a Pretty challenging season, and I think they're uh, going to have just enough to get by Bar Reeve. But I would probably call Bar Reeve the favorite, but have a good feeling with old Christian Academy to pull it out. Yeah, you look at Christian Academy's season, and um, they're 17 and 9, but you look at some of the teams they've lost to Floyd Central, 
uh, only by eight, and they were one of the best teams in 4A. Paoli, who had a great run in 2A. Forest Park, who's a sectional champion in 2A. Uh, Jeffersonville, Clarksville. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams that uh, they've been competitive with, so it's definitely uh, going to be a good matchup here, but uh, that could swing either way. All right, Shark. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to uh, 2A. Um, let's start back up north again. <laughs> Yeah, taking place at North Judson, Andran and Marquette Catholic in the first game, and then Westview and Fort Wayne Canterbury in the second game um, of the Judson Regional. I know Andran with senior guard Curtis Jones um, having a really good year. Marquette Catholic, uh, not the record you would, um, I guess, expect uh, from Marquette Catholic, but they've won six of their last seven. The only loss, a double overtime by two point at 4A Goshen. Um, tested a little bit in their uh, sectional, but I think this uh, this Marquette Catholic team has been playing well down the stretch, kind of fighting off some early season doldrums to really come together the last part of the year. Yeah, I think they had some growing pains. A new coach with um, Donovan Garlitz moving on to an administrative position down at Greencastle. Just some new pieces coming together, but like you said, they've been playing really well. I thought that uh, win against Lake Central late in the regular season was big for them. Gave them some confidence going forward. And like you said, they uh, took Goshen to double overtime. Um, so yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup against Andrean. Um, they lost to Marquette, lost to Andrean by 12 in the regular season. Um, Andrean's a solid team. James Hudson had a really good sectional. I think he's averaging about 18 a game for Andrean on the season. Uh, Kyle Ross, the freshman, like you said, Curtis Jones is solid. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, Colin Kenny and my cousin Joe Andershock match up with that group. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game. Yeah, in the second game, you look at Westview, whose only loss was a four-point loss to Fairfield in overtime this year. They're at 26-1. and um, you have to think they're going to, you know, run away. I know Elijah Hales uh, and crew up there, Coach Rob Yoder, um, just like we talked about with Bar Reeve and 1A, they're expected to win. They're no strangers to postseason runs in March. Yeah, a lot of people are looking forward to that Westview-LaVille game, and Westview just, uh, they didn't totally dominate, but they cruised to a victory there. Shark uh, ended the, the undefeated season for LaVille. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Andrain in the first game and Westview in the second game, um, and then I think I gotta go with the Warriors of Westview to take the regional title over there at North Judson. Uh, just too much firepower for them. They're having a great year, and they're definitely a team that could make a run all the way down to Indy in two A. All right, Shark. Um, all right, Shark. I'm uh I'm actually gotta go with uh, the family Marquette to beat Andrain. But then I think Westview is just a little bit too good. I think I got to go with Westview to beat Marquette in the uh, regional championship there. Okay. Head on down to LaPelle for the other Northern 2A regional. Uh, this has a chance to be a, a great regional over at LaPelle. Uh, Covington sitting at 23 and 1 on the year. They're only lost to West Lafayette versus Tipton at 20 and 4 in the first game. Uh, that should be a, just a great matchup. And then Oak Hill, uh, with their huge lineup, takes on LaPelle. Kind of a surprise sectional winner, upsetting rival Frankfurt in uh, the sectional final. Uh, this regional has produced the last two 2A winners in LaPelle two years ago and Frankton last year. 
Don't know if we could see another 2A champion come out of this one, but there's certainly a lot of quality teams to choose from. Yeah, it was interesting. LaPelle lost their, what, last four games of the regular season before uh, coming in and running through a, a gauntlet of teams in their sectional with Wabahani and uh, Frankton. But, yeah, that's definitely a surprise. Luke Richardson played really well. I think he had about 25 and 10 in each of the three sectional games, somewhere in that range. Um, it will be interesting to see how he matches up with the size of Oak Hill, see if Caleb Middlesworth and, uh, you know, Spencer Ballinger, David Aarons, that group can keep him off the glass. Uh, I think if they limit him to one shot, um, I think Oak Hill will win that one. And then, obviously, Covington-Tipton is going to be a really good game as well, Shark. Yeah, you look at um, Tipton with Lucas Swan, Carson Dozell. I mean, those are very veteran guard duo right there. Um, going back to Oak Hill Lapel, you, I think Oak Hill is going to play a lot of zone in this matchup, try and limit the touches one on one, and uh, have some built in help on Luke Richardson there. Try and make Lapel beat them from the outside with the size Oak Hill has in that zone. Um, you know, if they can control a defensive glass, like you said, limit them to one shot, keep Richardson off putbacks, uh, that could be successful for Oak Hill. Uh, the first matchup, I think I'm going to go take Covington. I think they've. You know, they were in the uh, 1A section with Lafayette Central Catholic for so long. Didn't really taste a lot of success. Now they're moving up in 2A. I think this is a, a really great team here. Spencer Pettit, obviously, um, a, a big gun for them. Only loss on the years by one point. And they've had to win some close games. You know, their sectional championship game went overtime. So it's not like they haven't been tested. So I think Covington in the first game. I got Oak Hill beating LaPel. And... Any home court advantage here for LaPel, though, Shark? I think there's there might be a little. You know LaPel fans are always going to turn out there for Bulldog Nation. Um, but I think Oak Hill is just a little bit too much for them this year. And I'm going to take – I'm going to go ahead and take Covington to win this regional. Ooh, that's a little surprise. I was uh, thinking about going out on that limb myself there, Shark. Um, but instead <laughs> – I'll uh, change it up a little bit. I'll go with Oak Hill. I like the size of them. Um, I've been a fan of Spencer Ballinger for the last couple of years. So I think him and uh, Caleb Middlesworth have enough to uh, get it done. Moving on to the Southern Indiana 2A Regionals at Greenfield Central. Union County facing Indianapolis Cecina in the first game. Then Shenandoah and Cloverdale in the second game. I want to start off right at the at the 12 o'clock game. Shenandoah and Cloverdale. Dave McCullough. Obviously, veteran coach at Noblesville, now having a, a great run at Shenandoah in his third year there. What's the game plan for him going to be to try and slow down Jalen Moore, who's putting in about 37, 38 points a game at, over at Cloverdale? Yeah, I think that will be the uh, entire focus this week, Shark, uh, slowing down Jalen Moore. And obviously, Coach McCullough is a defensive-minded coach, so I think he's going to brew something up to slow him down in a in a major way here. Yeah, I mean, if, if Shenandoah beats Howe by 11, you know the dynamic guards that Howe has, Jabil Turner-Hall, Kaseya Washington, those guys, um, you have to think they're going to be ready for Cloverdale. And just by looking at the score, Howe definitely wanted to play a little bit a higher scoring game than 61-50. to 50. So I think Shenandoah can kind of control pace here. But is this one of those games where more just gets going and you can't turn him off? Uh... I don't know. With so much attention going to be on him, I think uh, 
I think it's going to be tough for him to score more than 25, 30 points. I know that seems ridiculously high for a high school player and, and kind of saying that's not enough. But if he gets less than 30, I don't know if they're going to have enough offense to beat a Shenandoah team, Shark. Yeah, and in the first matchup, uh, I really like Cecina, uh, Manuel Brown, uh, Kobe Dillard, McKylan Brown. Just the guards they have, they're strong, they're physical, they can pressure you. Um, really just a relentless attack offensively. All, all of them can get to the basket. They can shoot a little bit. Uh, so I like to see in the first matchup. I'm going to take Shenandoah uh, in the second one. I think this is this might be a game where the extra rest for Cecina comes into play. I think Shenandoah and Cloverdale is going to be a, a close game. They're going to have to exert a lot of energy covering Jalen Moore. Um, is that going to play a factor in their legs in the championship game? Or even if Cloverdale gets by him and Moore has to do a lot, you would think he'll be pretty tired for that championship game as well. Yeah, definitely. So I think this is one of those one of those regionals where playing in the first game is going to have a, be a big advantage for whoever comes out of there. I'll take Cecina and Shenandoah in the title game, and then I will go ahead and take Cecina with the extra rest uh, to take this regional. Yeah, I think I'm going with the same three picks in that regional shark. I think uh, Cecina's a little bit too much athleticism for the uh, other guys in this field and uh, enough talent to get by, so I'm picking uh, Cecina as well. Okay, we head down to the last 2A regional taking place at Paoli. Austin taking on Southwestern of Hanover, and then Forest Park taking on South Knox in the second game. Uh, the first game is a rematch of a regular season matchup right around Thanksgiving that Southeastern won by 8, 55 to 47. And then the second game, uh, Forest Park needing a buzzer-beating 3 uh, to beat North Posey for a sectional championship while South Knox cruised against Eastern Green. How many close games is uh, Forest Park going to play, Shark? They had three close ones in sectional and just uh, got by, by the skin of their teeth there. Yeah, you look at them, a one-point game against South Spencer, eight points against Tell City, and then a three-point buzzer-beating win against North Posey. Um, and they've, But they've been playing well lately. They've won nine in a row now after a three-game losing streak in the first week or two of February. Kurt Hope, obviously a big-time freshman for them. This is his first taste of uh, the second weekend of March, so you think he's got the jitters out of the way. Could that be a factor here? I don't no Southwestern Hanover. I like them in the first game. Yeah, I'm going with Southwestern in the first one. Um, I really don't know too much about South Knox. What does their uh, regular season look like there, Shark? Well, you get over to South Knox. They finished at 17-9 and nine, um, on the year. It's kind of been up and down. They haven't really strung together any long winning streaks. Uh, this four-gamer with the last regular season game taking out a really good Wood Memorial squad by 19 in their uh, three-sectional wins, their longest winning streak of the regular season. Had to go to three overtimes in the sectional opener to beat a really good Linton-Stockton team uh, that had beaten them by 15 in the regular season. And then they got revenge again on Eastern Green, lost to Eastern Green by six in the regular season, uh, then go and beat them by 28 in the sectional title game. So uh, is this a team that's kind of turning it around and finding their groove right here. At the, peaking at the right time. Peaking sorry. at the right time, always critical in tournament play. Um, you know, I think I'm going to 
pick the upset just for that game alone. I think I'm going to take South Knox to beat Forest Park. Um, and then I'm taking Southwestern to beat Austin and uh, Southwestern to win the whole thing there, Shark. Uh, I'm going to differ a little bit from you there. I have Southwestern in the first game. I'm going to pick Forest Park in the second game. I think they got the sectional jitters out of the way. They're going to have a whole week uh, to to work on themselves and, and really get settled down for this regional. Uh, but I think Southwestern, again, with the extra couple hours of rest, uh, I'm going to take Southwestern to win the regional as well. thought you were going in a way different path there, Shark. Yeah. Not going to do that to you, Trevor. All right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move up to uh, 3A up at the LaPorte Regional, Shark. Yeah, Culver Academy taking on a, a good Hammond squad in the first game. Then West Lafayette playing Calumet uh, in, a, in the second game here. Calumet... Uh, beat defending 3A runner-up Twin Lakes in the sectional title game to to move to this this round. I think you really have to like Culver Academy uh, with all the talent they have. I know Trey Galloway's been playing well. Ethan Britton-Watts kind of having up and down season, but he's definitely an, an X factor for them. And Deontay Craig gives them some muscle at the forward spot. Yeah, I think uh, Deontay Craig was big in their, their uh, sectional title win over Marion, if I uh, remember correctly. Yeah, that's a good core group that starting at five is really good for Culver Academy. Um, them going up against Hammond's going to be an interesting game. Hammond's got some pretty good athletes. Malik Miller at the point guard position is pretty dynamic. Good scorer, good shooter. Um, has to score a lot for Hammond. If Culver's able to slow him down, and I think they'll probably play a little zone against him, if they can force him to shoot outside shots and he's off, then I think Culver... We'll have a really good chance of winning that game, Shark. Yeah, I think Culver's, um, just the quality of their scoring options, like you said, I think Deontay Craig comes in again. He's just a muscular forward, uh, plays really hard. The second game, I like West Lafayette. You have Matt Krause, uh, the senior forward, who can really light it up from deep. Um, George Karloft is throwing around his weight on the inside for West Lafayette. They've had a really good year this year under Dave Wood. Um, so I like them and Culver to win the first games, and I'm going to take Culver uh, coming out of this region. I think just too much firepower at the guard spots uh, for Culver, uh, for West Lafayette to handle them. Yeah, I think Culver and West Lafayette meet up in the championship game. I think that's a toss-up, really. I think West Lafayette's really tough, but I think Culver Academies has enough firepower to uh, squeak by. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a really close game, but I'm going to side with Culver there as well, Shark. Okay, moving, heading on down to Marion for a 3A regional. We have Northwood and the host Marion Giants in the first game. Uh, then the Newcastle Trojans uh, taking on Angola in the second game. Northwood's been in the regional round a lot. They've had several sectional titles in the past few years under Coach Aaron Wolf. They've won the last... Or I should say uh, four of the last five sectionals up there for the Panthers. Not maybe as dynamic as the Vincent Miranda team, but still pretty good. And then you like the one-two guard combination from Marion uh, from Jalen Blackman and J.K. Thomas. Yeah, Marion's really tough. A little young. You know, Blackman's only a freshman. J.K.'s a sophomore. So it'll be interesting how they handle this stage if uh, if they can get deep in the tournament here. And then, obviously, Newcastle is just a powerhouse team with Mason Gillis, Luke Bumbleau, Niall Williamson, and that crew. So, um, 
From my side here, Shark, I think Newcastle rolls through Angola. I know Angola's been playing pretty well of late. Um, took down a good New Haven team in the sectional semifinals. And uh, who did they beat to end the regular season? Uh, somebody pretty good. They beat East Noble, who was uh, running a, a really good record in 4A, uh, but needed overtime to squeak by Concordia um, in this sectional championship game for the Hornets. Um, I'm with you. I like Newcastle to roll. I think, you know, Bumbleo and Gillis, and they're both only juniors, so you'll probably be seeing those two again here next year. Uh, but I like the Trojans to come out of that game. I'm going to take Marion in the first game on their home floor, but at night I think Newcastle just too much firepower, too much Mason Gillis. Dre Aguilar is going to have his hands full with him, I think. Um, that's going to be a real physical matchup to watch, but I'm going to take Newcastle to win this one. Yeah, I think Newcastle wins uh, both games fairly easily or relatively easily, you know, 10, 12 points probably. But, yeah, I think they get it done there, Shark. Heading over to the Southern Indiana 3 Regionals, uh, good one brewing at Greencastles, particularly this first game, a rematch of a regular season matchup, Danville and Crispus Attics. Uh, Attics won by 12 back in December. But I know you really like this Danville team, made up a bunch of football players, just tough, physical, not afraid of anybody type of team. Good size across the board, too. They're almost like an Oak Hill team where everybody's 6'2 or taller. Um, obviously, Alec Burton inside provides a lot of the strength. Sam Comer, Dylan Ware, Connor Jones. I mean, they're all really good, you know, have really good size, have the ability to do different things. Um, the one thing they kind of lack is outside shooting other than Sam Comer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they're able to get to the basket and finish against a pretty athletic Addicts team here, Shark. Yeah, Addicts definitely um, very good athletically. They don't really have any big bodies, though. They're all kind of, I don't want to say skinny build, but they don't have the pure muscle that Danville does. Um, but again, the athleticism and the quickness, are they going to be able to contain Danville's guards? And the second game, Lebanon... Uh, kind of a surprise sectional winner a little bit, taking on Edgewood. I know Trevor Taylor, the freshman for Edgewood, is somebody you've had your eye on a little bit this year. Yeah, he's been playing well. Um, you know, uh, a 6'1", 6'2", guard that scores inside and outside. Um, he's been really a, a main piece for Edgewood as a freshman here. Um, I think Edgewood has enough uh, firepower to get by Lebanon. Who are you taking in that first game, the Danville Addicts game there, Shark? I think I'm going to take Crispus Addicts. I know they've – what I like about them is it can be a different guy every night. One night it's Derek Briscoe. One night it's Harold Bennett. Um, then it's Jamal Harris. Then it's Micah Poole. You know, they have a lot of different options, particularly on the perimeter for them. Uh, Jaquan Sanders had a good game against Burbuff, uh when I went and saw him last Wednesday. So I'm going to take Addicts in that one. Edwards, you mean? Yeah. Addicts and uh, Edgewood in the – Championship, and I'm going to go Crispus Attics here. Going Attics, I think that's a, uh, a move to uh, suck up to Chris Hawkins. There uh, negative, saying, saying negative. Like the podcast negative. there, Shark. But, uh, uh, he has issues with you, not me, on the podcast. <laughs> I should uh, should pick against him again there. But, He's uh, playing in the locker room, Trevor, on a loop. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really close game between Danville and Attics. But I do think the winner of the regional comes out of that game. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with Addicts here, Shark. Marking it down. Where's the motivation I'm, gonna come from, yep, Chris Hawkins? They'll probably lose now that I didn't uh, didn't pick against them there. So, 
And our last 3A regional down at Southridge, uh, Greensburg taking on Evansville Bossy and Silver Creek uh, playing Southridge, um, who squeaked by Vincennes Lincolns in two overtimes. Um, that first matchup, I think, is going to be really good. The answer for Greensburg, uh, Lane Sparks, and Andrew Welge is what are they going to do with the guard combination of Jalen Chin and Mikhail Larry? Yeah, I think uh, the problems for Greensburg is definitely going to come on the defense end here. How are they going to shut down? Definitely Larry. Keeping him out of the lane is going to be a major, major issue for them. Um, and then on the other side, I mean, Greensburg's got good shooters, like you said, with Wellage, Sparks, and Drew Comer. But they really like to uh, play inside out on, you know, cuts to the basket, get stuff easy, then kick it out for threes. And with Kyron Paul in the middle, I think he's going to take away most of those easy baskets. I think he's averaging like eight or nine block shots per game, which is pretty ridiculous. But um, I think that gives Bossier a pretty big edge here. Yeah, I just think you look at it, both Chin and, and Larry are guards that can break you down off the dribble, get in the middle of your defense, and can are comfortable scoring or finding each other or finding other members uh, of their team. Kyron Powell, like you said, just a shot-blocking phenom on the inside. He's definitely somebody that can help out Bossy's perimeter defense, even allow them to get up and pressure more, maybe jump passing lanes and try and get some easy offense. Yeah, funnel guys into him. Yeah. Um, so I like Bossy in the first game. I like Silver Creek in the in the second game. They've been having a, a very, very good year. Uh, Southridge just sitting at 12-13 and 13 on the season. So I'm going to take Silver Creek and Bossy. Then I got Bossy in the championship game. I think just too much Makai Larry. Yeah, I think I'm going to side with your three picks there. Bossy, um, Silver Creek. I think they are going to have a, a pretty tough game against Southridge. Colson Montgomery's been playing really well, the freshman for Southridge. I think Zane Gross uh, pushes Silver Creek to a close victory there. Um, but like we've been saying, Boston's really <coughs> tough. Chin, Larry, D'Angelo Ware, that whole group is uh, really good. So I, I'm taking Bossy here in the uh, Southridge Regional Shark. All right, Shark, let's move to the uh, granddaddy of them all, 4A. <laughs> And we get started up on the outskirts of the region, the Michigan City Regional, where 20 and 5 Valpo plays 13 and 12 Elkhart Memorial in the first game, and then South Bend Riley takes on Lake Central in the second game. Um, have to think the way that the matchup set up this uh, favors for a really good championship game on Saturday night uh, with Valpo and South Bend Riley. Yeah, I think it'd take major upsets for uh, Valpo and Riley not to uh, win their first games of that regional. Um, obviously, Riley had a bit of a close call with Penn in the sectional before blowing out South Bend Adams, but I don't think they'll have too much trouble with Lake Central, although LC has been playing well of late. Um, hit, getting the last second three against Munster to win in the semis and then blowing out Hammond Morton for the championship and then on the top half of the bracket, Valpo uh, went through a pretty good field of Michigan City and Maryville to capture the uh, title up at Chesterton. Um, I don't see them having too much of a problem with Elkhart Memorial. No, that game is a rematch of a regular season game that Valpo only won by one point, uh, but that was right before their three-game losing streak. I don't think the Vikings were playing uh, very well back then. I really, really like uh, their junior class up at Valpo. 
not only obviously Brandon Newman, the headliner, the 6'4 guard, but uh, Nate Ayer, it's a 6'6 forward that can do a little bit of everything. He can hit shots, get to the basket, good length. Um, I think he's a very, very good second option for the Vikings. And then you look at Riley in the second game, only four of their 24 games have been decided by single digits. So they've been uh, blowing people out um, for pretty much the entire season. So you have to think Valpo and Riley are going to meet up in the championship game. And I just think Riley right now, uh, Coach Eric Brand, his first year has really got the guys playing well. This is the last chance for guys like Rylan Gundy, Shamar Dillard, and Demise Anderson. The last chance for them to make a deep run at, at a state title. So I'm going to go South Bend Riley to come out of this regional. Yeah, I uh, I really hope there's a uh, Brandon Newman Demise Anderson matchup in the championship game. I think that would be really fun to watch. Um, but like you said, I think Riley is just a little bit too much. I think their their defense is playing pretty well right now. I think that's the key for them. Um, if they defend or are focused on the defense end, then they're really tough to beat. Um, and I think they have enough size and athleticism to, you know, off or uh, counteract Brandon Newman and Nate Ertz there. So I'm going with uh, Riley to win the uh, Michigan City. Yeah, I'm going to take Riley as well. Like I said, I just think there's too much firepower there for Riley. They're on a roll right now. Heading uh, just a bit south to Logansport for the other 4A North Regional. Uh, we have Zionsville at 22-3, and taking on Fort Wayne Northside at 20-5. and uh, and then Homestead and Carmel, both of those teams come into the regional at 18 and 7 in the second game. This is going to be a, a interesting regional, I think. Designsville 2-3 zone, can it cause uh, Fort Wayne Northside some problems? You have to get out to Austin Butcher. Uh, Boucher. Boucher on the perimeter. Keon Lucas Croft is a good three-point shooter as well there, Shark. It takes away the strengths of Brandon Johnson for Northside with his driving ability. You have to think he's going to get the matchup, being one of the better defenders in the state on Isaiah Thompson, who's just been on a tear lately um, for Zionsville. Yeah, I think um, overall, though, I think Northside's got too much for Zionsville. Brandon Johnson is going to uh, make it tough on Isaiah Thompson. Even if Thompson's going to score, I think it's going to take a lot of effort and uh I think Northside's really going to be able to take away those supporting cast players of Riley Bertram and uh, Nathan Childress. I think those are two are going to have a tough time here. But uh, it seems like Northside, after a shaky middle of the year, has uh, found its stride again there, Shark. Yeah, they've uh, got revenge in the sectional title game from Carroll, who beat them at Northside on a three um, late in the regular season. They handled Carroll by 13. We look at the second game. Uh, points might be tough to come by in this matchup. Homestead and Carroll, both teams not afraid not afraid to grind it out, uh, guard you uh, for, for, for a full 32 minutes. Um, a lot of similarities between those uh, sides right there, I think. Yeah, same type of uh, mindset, same type of coaching mindset, I would say. Um, and then you have similar, similar rosters too, really. I mean, you got some size, some athleticism. A few guys that can shoot it well. Um, it should be a really close matchup. I think Carmel with John Michael Malloy, Andrew Owens, I think they have a little bit more size than uh, Homestead, but it should be a good game overall. Yeah, the key is what's gun, What's Homestead going to do to kind of either go at or, or take away John Michael Malloy? I think Andrew Owens was kind of quiet in their sectional championship game against Fishers. 
does he bounce back from that? You know, he's a player I really like. The six-six uh, kind of wing forward for Carmel can do a little bit of everything in terms of scoring and defending and rebounding. Homestead kind of just quietly, you know, you don't have the the star-studded rosters of the past with the Caleb Swanigans or even last year with Jack Ferguson and Brandon Durnell and Parker Mangus. But definitely don't count Homestead out. Their only loss since January 9th has been by 10 points to Carroll, uh, who ended up winning the SAC. Um, they've had some tough games in sectional, a two-point win in the semifinals over Southside, and a one-point win over Huntington North uh, in the championship game. So this is a team that's kind of got some momentum after a kind of a roller coaster start to the year. Uh, does that continue against Carmel? Yeah, you got to like their point guard, Anye Azaduko. I have no idea. Bless you. Something like that, Shark. And then uh, I'm not going to correct you because I don't know either. It's Sam Buck on the wing. Um, and then the shooter. Sam Good. No, Luke Good. Luke Good. Luke Good. Um, I think those are the three main scoring guys for Homestead. Um, but all that being said, I'm going to take Carmel and, you know, it'll probably be a. 49-42 victory somewhere in that range there, Shark. Yeah, definitely going to be low scoring. I'm going to take – I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm going to take Zionsville in the first game. Whoa. Um, I think the way Isaiah Thompson's been playing right now, he's in such a rhythm. I do think the zone can give uh, Northside a little bit of fits. Obviously, you guard Northside man-to-man. It's going to be Keon Brooks uh, doing everything. I like to see how uh, Shabazz Khalid kind of fits him into the, against that zone. Uh, different places he puts them. I'm going to take Carmel in the second game as well. Uh, and then that would be actually Zionsville. Carmel would be a rematch of a regular season game. Uh, the first regular season game in Zionsville, one by six. I'm going to go ahead and take Zionsville in that one as well to come out of this regional. Ooh, a little bit of an upset pick there, Shark. I don't think too many people are expecting Zionsville to win this one. No, a little bit off the beaten path, but I think the way they're – they're playing right now. I got a chance to see them against Logansport in a game that they really had to scratch and claw and find different ways to win. Um, so I was impressed by that, uh, but definitely off the beaten path. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Northside to win this one. I think Keon Brooks, Austin Boucher, uh, Lucas Croft, Brandon Johnson, I think that's enough um, to get by Zionsville. And then if they play Homestead or Carmel, um, it will be a close game, but I think uh, I think Northside's heading in the right direction here, and I'm taking the Legends to uh, move on. Heading down to the Southern Indiana Four Regionals at the Southport Fieldhouse on Saturday. First game pitting Terre Haute South, who pulled a minor upset of, of Brownsburg in the sectional title game, uh, taking on Mount Vernon, who upset uh, favorite Connorsville earlier in the sectional, then went on to beat New Palestine by three. That's the first matchup taking place at 10 a.m. The second game at noon, a battle of uh, Mick teams, undefeated number one Warren Central, taking on Michigan State signee Aaron Henry and Ben Davis. Yeah, that Warren Central-Ben Davis game should be a battle, that's for sure. Two tough teams, um, tough mindset. You know their coaches aren't going to let them uh, back down at all. Um, Should be fun to see how Warren Central handles it. Aaron Henry and uh, Jalen Windham and that group. Um, I just saw Warren Central against Lawrence Central. I mean, their defense, I know we talked about it a lot in the sectional preview, but, man, they are tough. One through five, switch, get out, pressure, um, really tough to handle. 
Yeah, you know, you look at that matchup. I think this is a matchup where Antoine Cushenberry and Dean Tate are really going to have to come up big and outplay the Ben Davis guards. Uh, you obviously have David to be Bell. Fair, that shouldn't be very hard. You obviously have David Bell on Aaron Henry, um, but just to help out on that because Henry's so dynamic, um, I really think Cushenberry and Tate need to get in, pressure the Ben Davis guards, force turnovers, limit their ability to get Jalen Wyndham some open shots too. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest weakness for Ben Davis all year has been its guard play. I watched this uh, matchup earlier in the year, and Ben Davis had to uh, have Aaron Henry bring the ball up because none of the other guards could handle the pressure. Um, when you do that, you kind of take away Henry, you know, crashing the glass, cutting to the basket, playing in the middle of the defense and that stuff. So really puts a lot of pressure on the other guys for Ben Davis to score. And um, outside of Wyndham and uh, – Dewan Jones, uh, there haven't been too many scoring options for Ben Davis this year. Yeah, this uh, first matchup is kind of interesting. A couple teams we didn't maybe before sectionals expect to be here. Um, Mount Vernon-Fortville loses one of their leading scorers in the middle of the year, Logan Smith, and they kind of get on a run uh, right now with Travis Doherty's group and then Terre Haute South, uh, Maynard Lewis, and the future Indiana State Sycamore Davian Washington. Yeah, I saw that uh, Damari Gatewood had a good game against uh, Connersville to push him through that game. A good athlete at guard position. Should be interesting to see if he matches up with Washington or who they put on him. But also for uh, Terre Haute South, Craig Porter, senior point guard, has been uh, having a very good year for them. He's kind of their X factor. Good defender, um, makes plays off the dribble. So that should be a good game as well there, Shark. Yeah, I think in the first matchup, I'm going to take Terre Haute South to come out of that one. I'm going to take Warren Central in the second game. Just too much uh, defense from the Warriors. They're just finding ways to win late. Um, even though it may not be pretty, may not be blowing people out, they're undefeated for a reason. And I'm going to take Warren Central to come away in the championship game. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with all three of those picks. I was thinking about um, taking Mount Vernon over Terre Haute South. But uh, I'm going to lean towards the Avion Washington to uh, get through that first one. And then Wash- or Warren Central has too much, um, especially defensively, for uh, South to get through. And our final 4A regional taking place at Seymour. Um, this looks like a, a really good matchup here. Um, first off, Center Grove against surprising sectional winner Evansville North upsetting um castle here in the sectional championship game but they won their last four in a row have bet on the um good side layout after starting off really slow here um center grove with trace jackson davis who's just been playing uh unbelievable for them as of late um in the first game the second game uh should be a great one bloomington south and new albany going head-to-head here. That's a rematch of a regular season game from November, which New Albany won by 12. Uh, It feels like Bloomington South and New Albany have played each other in this regional for like the last three or four years there, Shark. Um, But yeah, these two teams also met earlier in the year. Hard-fought loss by uh, Bloomington South. No chance Coyle had a really good game in that one, and they really uh, limited... Romeo, I think he only ended up with like 25 or something in that opener. So, yeah, that should be another good one with Coyle, Anthony Leal. Um, those two guys are really going to have to have a big game for Bloomington South to beat New Albany. Yeah, 
I think in the first matchup, I'm I'm going center grow. I think Trace Jackson Davis, and then the outside shooting is Spencer Pierce Field, Nate McLean. Just going to be a little bit too much for Evansville North. The second game, you know, we look at J.R. Holmes, one of the all-time leaders in wins in this state's history. He's been around, obviously, a long time. What plan is he going to come up with to slow down Romeo Langford? He obviously did it before, but Jim Shands, having seen that, is going to make adjustments, obviously. What's the what's the plan to slow down Romeo? And then you also have to keep Sean Easton checked, too, because he's very capable of going for 25 or 30 as well. Yeah, and then if you you know put too much focus on those two guys, you got Julian Hunter around the rim, Trey Horrigan. Is that how you say it, Chuck? Yeah. Um, Derek Stevenson had eight first-half points yeah. against Floyd Central in the second uh, sectional championship game, so he could knock down shots. Yeah, Stevenson's had some uh, good moments here this season. So, yeah, I mean, New Albany's really clicking, too, you know. Uh, after losing to Floyd Central early, early in December, they haven't lost. So, I really have a hard time picking against Romeo and New Albany here, Shark. Um I think you would have to have huge gains from Coyle and Leal to pull the upset. Yeah, I'm going to go New Albany as well. And then this puts up a really interesting championship game because the one thing, out of all things New Albany does have, the one thing they do not have is size. You're talking about Julian Hunter and Trey Horgan at uh, 6'3", 6'4", going up against the 6'8", 6'9", Trace Jackson Davis. What's going to be the plan to keep the ball out of his hands I think that's obviously. I would guess they would put Romeo on him. Actually, their shark like uh, they did against uh, Keon Brooks earlier in the year. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be, and obviously they're going to want to keep Romeo out of foul trouble. uh, So there'll probably be some double teams there. I also think don't be surprised to see some full court pressure uh, from Sean East, Darren Starks, Derek Stevenson on the center Grove guards to kind of make them work, try and force some turnovers that can lead to easy baskets. Yeah, I mean I think that's going to be the if. Center Grove and New Albany match up in the final. I think that would be the real main uh, focus for New Albany. I think they would have a big advantage in pressuring uh, Center Grove's guards. I think you would see them extend a little bit more, try to force some turnovers so they can't even get it to Trace in the post. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, I'm going to go New Albany in this one. I had a chance to see their game against Floyd Central on Saturday. and. Floyd Central, I think, did a great job of throwing everything at Romeo. Whenever, you know, Todd Sturgeon thought that New Albany had figured out his defense, he would change it, gave them a bunch of different looks, and Romeo still managed to find ways to get to the free throw line, um, impacted the game on the defensive end, holding Kobe Barnes to just two points. So I just think, you know, he's on a mission not to be denied for another state title, so I'm going to take New Albany as well. Yeah, I think New Albany's uh, the favorite in this one. I do... I do give Bloomington South at least a, a decent chance of pulling the upset there. But, Definitely. Um, overall, I think New Albany is a favorite here. Um, moving on to a semi-state for the second time in three years there, Shark. Yep. Uh, with that being said, that includes our predictions here, Trevor. Uh, hopefully it will be a back-to-back win for the Shark. I don't, I don't think it's good. Uh, well, we didn't differ too much here, Shark. So it's going to come down to a key, couple of key matchups. 
Um, hopefully I'm on the right side of it here, Shark. Uh, I, I would not bet on that, uh, but should be a good slate of games Saturday, especially Saturday evening. Looks like some potentially really good matchups in the championship round. Uh, just going back to the sectionals real quick, uh, anything stand out from the games that you were at this uh, past week there, Shark? You know, I think we see at this time of the year, you know, I saw it with Logansport and Zionsville on Tuesday and then saw it on Saturday. Just the the junk defenses that you throw to tight, try and take out uh, leading scores of teams, you know, are we going to, what, what are we going to see? I think especially Saturday night when there's a short turnaround, you know, you're going to spend most of the week if you have a tough first game getting prepared for that. How in the space of five or six hours, are you going to get ready for that next opponent? And I think that can really, you know, if you've got some of those little junk defenses in your pocket or you've done that before, are you able to throw those out against a Romeo Langford or a Demise Anderson or a Keon Brooks or, or whoever? Yeah. Uh, from my side, it was just the uh, a few seniors that I hadn't seen much of stood out. You know, Nick Walker for Henryville played pretty well. Hit a lot of mid-range shots, handled it, hit shots off the dribble. Um, looked like a really good small college player. Um, and then down at Paoli, I also saw Christian Stewart for the first time. Really long 6-4 forward. Uh, mainly scores inside right now. Good touch to about eight feet with the, you know, back to the basket type of things. But rebounds, defense, um, doesn't turn 18 for, you know, another, what we got, six months or so. So really young there. And then um, Carson Blair and Peyton Trexler up at uh, Southwood. Those two guys, obviously, we've been tracking um their careers here for a while, but it was my first time seeing them in person and really walked away impressed by those two. Um, just tough kids that are really skilled as well, good athletes and skilled. That's a, that's a pretty tough combo there, Shark. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and you talk about seniors stepping up at this time, the sense of urgency that they have. I think you kind of can get a feel for these. These are the times where senior-led senior led teams really step up uh, take on the personalities of those leaders and, and can fight through. I think we're seeing it with Warren Central, their two senior guards, uh, Antoine Cushenberry and Dean Tate, along with junior David Bell. They're just finding ways to win. It's not always pretty. Um, it's not blowouts like you think it should be, but they've obviously are undefeated time and time again. They're finding ways to win. Yeah, I thought Warren Central was going to blow out uh, Lawrence Central last night after they got up 12-1 to at the end of the first quarter, but Give credit to uh, Lawrence Central. They fought back and got into that ball game late. Um, other than that, um, I think that's all I have there, Shark. I'll wrap it up and uh, make sure you uh, stay tuned for our next podcast. Yeah, we'll be doing one next week to get ready for the semi-states and uh, have fun and be safe out there heading to these regionals on Saturday. Should be a great slate of games.